0: I think that you have to follow your passion and you know this is maybe the spiritual part of me coming out but I believe that everybody has this sort of innate sense of what they really want to do and only the individual knows that.
1: Welcome to the very first episode of Arts Anatomy, the podcast where we take you through the ins and outs of creative careers. The voice you just heard was none other than Stephen Hoffner, who is the head of the video production online program at the Toronto Film School. We're going to jump into Stephen telling us all about how he started his career.
0: I can honestly tell you I would not have been able to uh, get in with the NHL if it wasn't for two things. One, uh, was my dear good friend who worked at the NHL and they were looking for uh, a video editor. And, you know, I always saw myself as a producer, director and, you know, video editing I had learned along the way. So it wasn't something that I was like trying to, you know, get in with. But, uh, when that spot opened up, um, I was just super excited. I grew up a hockey fan. It was a basically a dream come true to work for the National Hockey League. As your first job, literally a month after I finished university. So, uh, super grateful for that. And I guess the second reason was because I I learned my skill set out of university. And, you know, I talk about that at length uh, before, but how I learned my craft, which was sort of self taught. And, you know, I made two feature films, you know, in university on the weekends, I shot in the summers. And, you know, short films, I mean, I was, I had my day to day drama theater degree from U of T. And then I had my, I was kind of like Batman, Bruce Wayne, you know, like I had a double life as a filmmaker and as a student. So, uh, cause at U of T, they, they actually don't teach anything practically. So I had to sort of take my own initiative and that was how I got in. And, you know, I was 22 or 23, but again, it was that network. You know, you never know who you're going to meet and always welcome people with open arms because you just never know where it might lead.
1: I read that you moved relatively quickly up from cutting videos through to what you wanted to do in producing. How did you manage to take those steps into taking that opportunity that was, you know, not necessarily your dream career of editing and turning it into an
0: opportunity to produce? You know, I think it's just anything in life. Like when an opportunity rises, you got to take it. and you know, I was fortunate enough to be an editor there for uh, four seasons. And, but I realized that I wanted to do more. So I literally wrangled up a budget of, I think it was like $6,000 to do a half hour documentary for the NHL network. And that was just kind of like a bonus thing I just wanted to do. And it was because I, I worked with hockey operations and NHL officiating. So it was a documentary on a couple of the referees. And it was such a dream project for me at the time and it was something that i just took initiative on my own you know i certainly could have just been an editor and kind of almost been a lifer there if i really wanted to um but i didn't i didn't want that i wanted to keep pushing forward so you know i put this project forward and i was like i want to do this you know and they gave me the the keys to do it and you know for i mean as if you know a real production budget for a documentary is not $5000 um, it didn't look like it, and we really sort of pioneered uh, a new age of, of access for players. And and sure enough, HBO got on board a year later to make their twenty four seven series. And I, and I feel like our piece that we did kind of pioneered that a little bit, which was super exciting. And I guess a year after that, the people at NHL Studios in New York likened the project that I shot, and they were like, "Hey, like we want to we want to hire a new features producer for NHL And and that was how I moved up the ranks there. and uh, I was lucky enough to do that for six years.
1: I know a lot of people, when they get into a genre, they stay there. But yeah. your career is seeing you move from documentaries to scripted. What is it like to move between? Is it difficult? Do you find it easy to kind of switch your brain from scripted to documentary?
0: Is there a difference? You've done your homework on me. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's funny you say that because it's tough when you get sort of branded as one type of person. And people, you know, when you work at a sports league for so long, they go, oh, this is, that's all this guy knows. He's a sports guy. And I, for myself, I really never saw myself as a sports guy ever. It was just kind of the first job that I got into, which happened to be a sports league. Um, But I always thought of myself as a filmmaker, as an artist first. I always tried to bring that flavor. To anything that I did at the NHL, so you know, while I was working at the league, I always, I always did stuff on the side. I was shooting short films, I was, you know, reading scripts, I was writing, you know. So I was always trying to, because as you know, like making a full time living in this business uh, or having a full time job at an organization, you know, is is a blessed thing. So I mean, you have that stability in your income, and then you have you know your extra time to do your other projects. So I was constantly building my brand and constantly building myself as a filmmaker on the side. But again, I've always fashioned myself as kind of a little bit of everything. But I think that once my time at the NHL ended, I realized my real passion was television and and developing you know high-level concepts for scripts and, and to really dig into production and um, to kind of go all in with myself, really. And that's where I am today. And I'm happy to say that the connections that I made at the NHL led me to You know, direct my first documentary, but I wouldn't have been there if it wasn't for the connections and the things that I learned at the league as well.
1: So, do you think people who are kind of coming up into their own careers should be worried about jumping onto genres that they want to do in the future? Or do you think they should just be focused on jumping onto whatever opportunities they can as opposed to getting stuck in this genre? Uh, You know, for example, with you with sport, if someone wanted to make horror movies, Mm -hmm. if the opportunity came up to edit for NHL,
0: what's your what's your advice that's a good question i mean i think that you have to follow your passion and you know this is maybe the spiritual part of me coming out but i believe that everybody has this sort of innate sense of what they really want to do and only the individual knows that and you know, for me, I mean, yeah, I mean, I could have stuck it out at a sports league and and video edited my whole life, you know, potentially and and work with some great people. The environment was great. But, you know, that's not really what I wanted to do. And I knew that. So, you have to take those risks that come with that for sure. But I guess my advice is, you know, certainly you have to be wise, right? And I think that a lot of the time, people don't take opportunities because, well, that's just not what I want to do, you know. Um, you know, as a pivot, you know, because again, if you're making a business plan, um, you know, things come in up, you know, valleys, right? It's not the stream of of just this one line of how you get to someplace. Sometimes you got to veer left, you got to veer right, and then eventually you'll land the plane. So, you know, I think it's just important that if an opportunity comes. That, make no mistake that if it's going to compromise all your time, then maybe it isn't worth it. But in the sense that, you know, I was using the example before when I was, you know, working with the league and I had time to work on my weekends. Like I had time to work in the evenings on my other projects while getting a paycheck while still doing what I love to do, but not in the you know, the way that I exactly wanted to do. But it's it's finding you have to find time to do what you love, no matter what. And if that genre or I guess specialty rather uh, of the profession takes that away from you. Then I would second guess it, but certainly give long thought, long thought to you know taking a job that it might advance your skill in ways that you might not even think about. You know, so um, it's all about balance. But at the end of the day, it's it's working hard for whatever you want. Talk to us about your your new documentary. Yeah, I mean, I think that this story is something that I'm so so blessed to be a part of and we we came up upon this story you know with my contacts at the nhl upon uh, a team called the four dupont cannons and they are a team of uh young african-americans uh, mostly in the washington dc area uh, the area is, is is kind of an impoverished area in, in, in southeast and you know we went there to do a, a trailer to kind of see what was there uh, a year and a half ago and we just were just blown away by what these kids were all about. And they were just amazing. And we were like, we got to tell the story. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to find a a private investor who was a very good friend of my partner on the project, AJ Messier. And, uh, this, this man was an amazing man. And unfortunately uh, he passed away like literally months before we were supposed to go to picture. And, you know, we had, we were looking to, I guess, lock a budget with, with him. And, uh, in his newfound production company and it would have you know been much easier to produce this with with him in our lives and it was a tragedy um and it wasn't completely surprising because he suffered from a, a very rare uh, a very rare disease hunter syndrome uh, but you know it certainly set us back in terms of us telling the story but you know me and aj got together and we were like we still need to tell this story somehow some way so basically the both of us decided to just go all in and and do it ourselves. And you know, it's funny how the universe works because I almost feel like the more if the more money we had, the more people involved, I don't think we would have got the authenticity that we would have had because the things that happened during the course of the year, you know, if you're, you know, you're at Christmas with a family um, you know, in a small little house in Southeast DC. I mean, it's hard to imagine a crew of like four people with a boom guy, you know, getting a proper authentic Christmas dinner. You know, we were at the special moments in these kids lives and these families and, and coach Neil. And so we followed them for a year. And and I'm proud to say that uh, coach Neal was inducted into the USA hockey hall of fame. That's going to sort of be the, the climax of the film. Luckily, lucky for us. And, you know, but again, it was a lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, but it's uh, I think it's really come together. And, um, I'm really excited to share with the world. The NHL has definitely opened up opened doors for us and their social impact group. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Kim Davis and Stephen Walkham, who've who've helped, uh, helped me along the way.
1: And you were talking about kind of going all in and doing it yourself. I feel like that's kind of the mentality you had when you were founding your production company, 383 Production. Could you talk to us a little bit about when you decided to start that and kind of leave the NHL to... Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, make your own business because that can be a bit of a scary jump for some
0: people. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I transitioned. Well, it's funny because my job at NHL transitioned to Walt Disney Company. So I was there for a year. Um, Long story, sort of corporate matter, but I was working under the Walt Disney Company for a year. And, uh, you know, to kind of transition to that into my own business, into my own, uh, you know, film, because really, I couldn't really make the film if I was going to be working there. And, um you know timing just worked out that the job just was kind of disappearing from the from the from Walt Disney and and for me it was it was an opportunity to to kind of go all in with my own endeavors and you know i think it was it's definitely scary and you know at first i was like okay i'll try to get a job you know somewhere else but uh, you know that was my first thought but you know that's not really what needs to happen you know because i realized that i mean i was producing stuff on my own for many years before that independently. And my business was slowly growing on the side. And again, I talk about that, um, you know, always kind of doing stuff on the side with your job, right? And I've been doing that for 10 years and slowly but surely it kind of became its own income. So when I left, you know, my full-time position with Walt Disney slash NHL, it was kind of a natural, you know, course to sort of take with the business and, and more or less devote more time to, you know, developing television and and creating original productions.
1: Um, So I think we're
0: just about out of time, but I just wanted to get
1: uh, your closing thoughts Mm -hmm. outside of kind of always be doing stuff on the side. (laughs) Um, What advice do you have for anyone who is just starting their careers who may have just graduated from university or film school and are taking those first steps Mm -hmm. into into a creative career?
0: Yeah, no, great question. Get asked it all the time. and I say that the first thing I would say is, make sure that you have lots of friends. Make sure that you have connections with your teachers, anybody in the industry, because in this industry, a resume, you know is cool. Um, but it's not really necessarily what people hire. You know, this isn't like HR where, you know, people look in looking for the buzzwords and stuff like that. People want to see what you've done uh, in, in many capacities, at least in, 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 in producing and in directing and editing, and whatnot. So, you know, to get those opportunities, I can't say it enough that, you know, it's so important that you take advantage of those people that you know. Um, and again, it could be anything in this industry, whether you're an audio, whether you're, you know, a YouTuber, um, the connections that you make are going to be your ticket into the industry. And then what you take away from your educational experience is what you're just going to bring to the table. So that would be the first thing I would say. And, and, and take advantage of the online networks like the Facebook groups and, and a lot of the postings on there and things like Mandy. And there's lots of opportunities, um, especially in you know, major cities. Uh, certainly in the smaller cities, um, you know, you can take your own initiatives and start your own business, but always have, uh, if you're starting your own business, I'll say that it's important to have a business plan, you know, don't just wing it and start, hopefully people will call you, you know, have a plan and see it through.
1: Thank you so much for for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Arts Anatomy. Make sure you tune in next time where we have Roxanne Resch walking us through the world of visual effects. And I'd like to thank Trent Hawkins, who is my wonderful editor. Our intro music is Euphoria by Cody Martin. And we'll see you next time here on Arts Anatomy.